Hello, welcome to episode six of Unseeded. We've watched yeah. some tennis this week, I think. At least I have. Have you this week? I have, yeah. Good, good. So this is... There's this... tournament in Mexico going on. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to mix it. I mean, this is an exciting episode for us, having both watched tennis matches. Yeah. It's not always the case. <laughs> but yeah, to start things off, as ever, I'm going to update everyone on my racket situation. So last week, I replaced one of the stolen rackets. I got the RF-97. This week, I've now got the K-Factor 90 again. And it's still brilliant. I love it. It's probably (laughs) the best racket I've ever used. I mean, it it makes my forehand actually usable and good. Which magic. (laughs) It's actually magic. (laughs) They must have, like, woven it with magic. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I mean, if it manages to do that, then... I know. It allows me to win points i mean i did win six love six love six one the other day but then that was against my dad so i yeah, don't think that counts <laughs> when you said that i was like oh my gosh did you actually manage to win against your friend and then you said like oh it's against my dad and i was like oh okay yeah <laughs> makes sense yeah no it, unfortunately for me i mean to be fair it's just nice to have won a tennis match again I'll, I'll take it <laughs> it come few and far between After for me so much defeat <laughs> it was uh, i go through more suffering on a tennis court than andy murray yeah and that's hard uh, that is hard so we should probably get on to actual tennis let's yeah. kick off with dubai which was the atp 500 exciting Yes. Um, semi-finals, we had obviously Rublev defeating Zverev. Interesting in a way because prior to this match, Rublev had never beat, like, taken a set off Zverev. Mm-hmm. So we beat him 6-3, 7-6 with an absolutely fantastic tiebreaker. I'm not going to lie. It was, <laughs> it was 11-9. Oh. It was a 20-point tiebreaker. It was brilliant, fantastic. I mean, it was very impressive performance from Rublev, especially given that head-to-head. And yeah, all I've got to say is my favourite part was the tiebreak, to be honest. I yeah. love a tiebreak. It's the yeah, best best thing. And then, obviously, Medvedev defeated Djokovic 6-4, 6-4. Solid performance from Medvedev. Djokovic, just, he just didn't have the consistency. And yeah... He couldn't. He couldn't get into a rhythm, and also I think it does need to be mentioned because I know you've mentioned tennis players' shirts previously yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> Djokovic's shirt was absolutely vile. Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that green vomit green. Is that the best way to put it? That is really ugly. High visibility vomit is, I think, the color they went for. I don't. I don't even. I. I like the green. At the bottom, you know, like that mm. muted green. Yeah, but I don't like. The, I mean, I don't like the design though. Like those, like. No, those I, I, I like that checkered design, and oh. I would have been well up for buying the um, Australian Open top that he had. It's a no for me. But I went and looked at it when I considered buying it, and it was a hundred pounds for just the top. <laughs> so I was like. Well, it I don't is know if I can justify that. So. I know. I mean, they're nice. And I just need to add it to my full, like, as I'm becoming, a, as I'm slowly becoming a full-on, like, Djokovic stan as we uh, go through these podcasts. Yeah. I mean, you can't actually, you can get nowhere near to buying his racket. <laughs> his racket is one of these, like, head ones that have never like been released to the public. 
No, but it's like he endorses a head speed, but then the actual head racket he uses is nothing like the head speed. No, but like I like the colours and stuff. It's, it's a cute racket. It's quite like classic. Yeah, I mean, it's black and white. Yeah. Classic. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah. The um the new Nadal racket that, that's coming out is is not sleek in design. It's yellow, pink, blue, um, oh. black, pink. Basically, every colour there is. It's somehow on this racket. But like the other one, though. Like the one that like purple it's and in, orange. Ish. It's like, it's a bit bizarre, but I mean... Oh, I see. It looks very 90-esque. It does have some pink and blue. Yeah, it's 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 bold. Anyway, enough about rackets. The final of Dubai. So Medvedev defeated Rublev 6-2, 6-2. On the off chance, did you watch this one? No. Great. Okay, so Medvedev defeated Rublev 6-2-6-2, as I said. This is three consecutive titles for Medvedev now. Has extended his head-to-head against Rublev 5-2. And he now has, carrying on from what we were saying last week, he now has 18 tour-level titles in 18 different cities. Huh. Um, yeah. That's cool. And, I mean, I, th- I don't really know what else there is to say about Medvedev at the moment, other than he is amazing playing... Yeah, he's playing fantastically. It's very solid and just very consistent. Yeah. I read he somewhere is that what there was... everyone else is missing, consistency. Mm. I mean, I read somewhere that he made just two unforced errors in the first set. Oh. Yeah. So I, I, I think right now you would rather play a brick wall than Medvedev. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> you just stand more of a chance. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Rublev won some points here and there by coming to the net quick enough, but and that seems to be the only way to get any points past him at the moment, if you can come mm-hmm. to the net. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't matter how well you play. I mean, when someone's playing at that level, it's just impossible. And carrying on from another theme from last week on Medvedev, his victory speech. <laughs> so after the previous week where he was saying that he was scared when he got match points against Murray... And then complaining about the balls that the tournament was using. Yeah. After having won the tournament, he then had a bit of a dig at Sitsipas. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, I can't remember the exact words that he said. But so basically, when Rublev beat Sitsipas last year, I think it was at the, the finals or something. At, Beat him last year. Sitsipas said that like Rublev, he only, like he didn't have much variation. There was only like there was only one type of game he can play. Medvedev in this speech was like, eh, "There's more to him than like he's a very skillful player with a load of variety." And I hope Rublev beats the the player that said that many many times. Oh gosh, what is he like? An actually successful curious. Like, why is he looking for a controversy? I know. It's, I mean, to be fair, though, the Medvedev Sitsipas thing does go back. When they were younger, I don't know. Yeah, they have their beef. I can't remember. Was it, it was when they were younger. Was it even like qualifiers for an event or something when this happened, when they got into an art? I don't think it was quite, but early rounds of an event when they were younger and sort of still like breaking through. They were all, but, all already like settled players. Oh yeah, but I, see, was, I think they were still like breaking through at this point when they had the argument, and 
Medvedev, I'm going to get in trouble here from my, from my parents because when they listen to this and every time that I've swore, they've had a go at me. Um, <laughs> but this this is a quote here, so I need to uh, <laughs> I need to say. But uh, I, I've, the the clip of Medvedev looking at uh, Sitsipas in the argument, shouting him to shut your fuck up. Well, yeah, that is quite a bit of... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm here for this. And I think the one thing that should have happened at some point in the Labour Cup, and I don't know if Medvedev's going to be allowed to take part in the Labour Cup and with the current geopolitical situation. Yeah, um, but when he was there, why did they never partner them in a doubles partnership? Yeah. Because that is what we want to see. Is it though? I mean, absolutely. I don't know. Maybe it's for the best that they're not. I put them in a doubles partnership against Kyrgios with someone. It would be fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be trouble, probably. Yeah. Anyway, that was Dubai. Now we're moving on to a tennis tournament that I'm sure you did watch, given your excitement in the last episode. Acapulco. Yay. Which is another ATP 500 event. Yeah. So. Very interesting tournament. Well, yes. I think the first thing is to check. I've not seen the latest news, but has anyone actually survived that tournament? Um, <laughs> apart yes, from Alex so Demonor. <laughs> <laughs> um, several of sets in a tournament. Yes. So early on. Um, we had yep. uh, Casper Root, obviously. Ruud. True sets. Yep. Uh, yeah. Obviously, something happened to Berrettini. So, yeah. Although the most important thing is what happened to Jacopo Berrettini. <laughs> what do you mean? What happened? <laughs> Jacopo Berrettini. Was he a wild card he made the, or something? He was the wild card for qualifying, and then he ma- he he made the uh, main draw. Oh okay, yeah. I was confused as to why he was there. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's very much in the vein of Petros Sitsipas somehow making yeah. loads of these. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying. This, I'm enjoying. Is this the sports nepo babies? <laughs> is that is that what we're getting now? <laughs> like just qualify because your brother is good. <laughs> It, yeah, it's the tennis equivalent of Nepo movies. No, I enjoy Petros Sissipas's career in doubles by just getting wild cards with his more successful brother. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just weird though. Just imagine like Andy Murray's brother just like going into every every tournament just because your his brother is famous. I mean, that's not a good example because Jamie Murray is actually a fantastic doubles player. <laughs> So yeah, it's not the same because being good at doubles and being good at singles is very different. Yes. Um I'm not going to be able to edit around this just so that sentence just sounded incredibly weird. I know that for the listeners <laughs> because it, it it's going to like jump weirdly. We fur dropped out of the the call that we're doing to record this. So that's why it sounded weird. But anyway, back here now. Yes, we are a high-quality production. Um, <laughs> Push through. Yes, should we just start talking about the semi-finals then, where um, stuff happened. Um, yes. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened. 
Many surprises. So Alex de Minor beating Rune in the semis. But that's just because Alex de Minor is the only one that out of the four semi-finalists that wasn't like dying. (laughs) Um, Well, I think his power of adaptation is quite impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Like he, he really adapted, like, the humidity and, like, the heat and everything. He was, like... I don't I, know if it's because he's used to Spain, which well, might have, like, a, a quite similar, like, climate. And yes. Rune was allegedly um, also, like, not injured, but... It was cramping. Yeah. He cramped. He wasn't at his best. Tommy Paul and Taylor Fritz were, were cramping the entire match. Oh my gosh, but what a match that was. Yeah, so 6-3, six, 6-7, six, seven, uh, seven, 2 in the tiebreak, 7-6, seven, 7-2 seven, in the tiebreak again. To Tommy Paul, it was fascinating, but I've got to say it was quite a painful watch. Um, oh. <laughs> I liked it. Clash of the... US people. I mean, why won't players retire? Uh, I think it's like, like why not retire from a match? I like surely if you're throwing up at the side of the court, you're not fit to play. I think I don't know. I think like Roger never retired from a match. Yeah, I know, but that's like, never, not necessarily a, that's not necessarily a good thing. No, I think it's out of respect to your opponent. You know that you're gonna like do the best, but also, like, to the crowd, because obviously people come here to see you play. Mm. You're not just going to do a set and be like, oh, you know what, not feeling it. Yeah, no, but, like, you don't want to risk damaging your body in the long term. Yeah, but also, like, I think that's really bad, but you always are like, oh, what if, you know? What if I finish the match and I actually played really well? I could have won. I don't know. I think it's Uh, hard. I mean, clearly it's to do with how humid it was. Um, yeah. that caused all this cramping. Like, I I do not know how... It is, like, a beach, so... Yeah. <laughs> and the um, sea is right there, so it's, of course it's going to be humid. I know, but... It's, no, I, don't, I mean, I understand how humidity works. I was sort of like... <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know how anyone, like, <laughs> managed to, like, carry on till the end of the match. I'd have, I'd have been out there. I'd be like, I mean, you would be. <laughs> we should play given, there, yeah. Given you would, re- you've retired because it was a little bit chilly before, or maybe <laughs> these are the conditions you would like. I would like these conditions. Yeah, I don't mind. I, I, I'm so used to humidity that <sighs> you know it's fine. Yeah. But now the final then. So um, wait, no, we need to talk final. about Deminor Rune three yeah, six well, seven five six two. We already said that. Oh, sorry, sorry. We well, we mentioned it briefly. I thought I'd just mention the scoreline at least. What happens if oh, some okay, people yeah. are like True trying story. to get their tennis news through us? I, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> just Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't you have don't to add to that. To I don't know, but well, don't listen to us if you want to learn about tennis. That that's that's what we need to. I don't think anyone is. Deminor's first win against Rune. Yeah, no, you just. He was just fitter than Rune on the day. And that was the case against Tommy Paul in the final. 3-6-6-4-6-1. To 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 the demon, as I learned that he's called. Yeah, I learned that too. Yeah, I I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Because that's how you're supposed to say his name. Demonar or something like that. I know, but at the same time, is it a really... I know it's to do with his name, but I don't think he seems like a particularly demonic chap. He seems like a quite nice guy. He looks really nice. <laughs> yeah. 
I think he's he's clearly figured out what he is now. He's a really good counter puncher. I'm going to say that again because I realise my voice cracked. <laughs> Deminor has really figured out what he is now. He's a really good counter puncher. Yeah, he is. Uh, this was a very physical match as well. Like obviously, Paul was very tired, and Deminor was like in a much better like you know position. Um, but yeah, again, just a long match. And I'm actually surprised because Deminor was... He won the second set, um, 6-4, but he had 18 force, unforced errors. That is... I mean, and and he saved five breakpoints in the first... Starting the, the the third set. So I was like a bit mm. like, I don't know what's what's going to happen. That third set had me a little bit, you know... Hesitant. I mean, you're going to have to talk me through this one because this is one that I didn't watch. I was impaired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're impaired. I was impaired. It was. Oh, in bed. Okay. Yeah. What do you think I said? <laughs> impaired. As impaired. In Ill. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, what happened there? No. No. But yeah. Was... I mean, three sets. Um, Seminar one, obviously three six six four six one. Um, body and you could. Paul was like incredibly exhausted, of course, having played that semis. Um, and Deminor was just, I mean, he was, he looked tired as well, but not, not as much, obviously. Um, just rolled through the third set, really. Very, very impressive. Um, he, he had a, a good level. This is his seventh career title and his biggest one yet. I've got that down. I, I picked up that fact. I watched yeah. the highlights. Back, back in the top 20 as well. Back in the top 20. Do we think he can win bigger titles? I think he can. I think he sh- he just showed he can. Mm. And most importantly, he speaks Spanish. He gave a part, a part of his acceptance speech in Spanish. I mean, he in lives Spanish. there. His mum's Spanish. Yeah, he does Uruguayan. have a Spanish, Spanish accent. Oh, okay. It's just nice, you know, because obviously the the crowd really appreciated it when he started like just speaking Spanish. And now Deminor is probably your new fave. Yeah, yeah. I really like him. And he said that he's so glad. Who needs he Roger won. Federer? I mean, don't. <laughs> I love you, Roger. But he did say he, there was no better place to win his biggest title yet. So. Anything else we want to say about Acapulco? No. Maybe no. they just need to start like having pickle juice on tap because I've uh, that's a thing pickle people do juice, to that's Yeah, that's a thing that people do to get rid of uh cramping. I saw I th- was it the United Cup or something? Badossa was cramping, she had some that's... pickle juice and they even yeah. flashed up they flashed up a stat on screen which was Ew. like forehand speeds before and after pickle juice. <laughs> gross. That's just gross. No. Uh, Next. Um Next, okay. The Austin final, WTA, that was won by Marta Kostyuk against Vavara Kocheva, 6-3-7-5. Interesting. I mean, bizarre. None of them, but they didn't play particularly well, neither of them. I mean, it's nice. Kostyuk's got her maiden title. Um, Kocheva has yet to get hers, I believe. Um, Clearly meant a lot to Marta Kostyuk. I mean, I've got to say, the, the first set was quite funny only one service game was held 
That's that was by Marta Kostyuk, obviously. Which is bizarre. It was like watching it. It was like the inevitability that a server wasn't going to hold their serve. That's a weird final. It was weird. And then it's quite funny that when Kostyuk held her serve for 6-5 in the second set, it was with an underarm serve. Well, I guess that's... Which which was really pleasant surprise because you really don't see underarm serves on the women. The only time you see an underarm yeah, serve on the women's tour is when what happened last year with Sabalenka when her serve completely broke down. But that yeah. wasn't like underarm serve to like create a bit of drama as underarm surf to I mean there's there's a reason why you don't see underarm surf because you shouldn't why I love it no it's just that's not it's not right I'm a proponent of the underarm surf I mean obviously strategy. everyone can do whatever they want it's, I mean um, it's fine if, if players want to use it it's okay I mean it's legal it's just, I think it's just lazy I mean unless your your service actually like catastrophic and you need it I think it's just like a lazy tactic. I love it. I'm here for it. I mean, I don't like it to Alexander Bublik levels where he's doing about six underarm serves in a game. I'm curious when he does it to troll people. No, no. It's like, because I don't think it works as well when you know, like if you going in to play someone and you like Kyrgios, you know, at least once in the match, there's going to be an underarm serve. But it's like... It's like when they just come out of nowhere. It's like when Murray did it against Alcaraz at Indian Wells a couple of years back. That was out of... Like, who thought Andy Murray was going to put in an underarm serve? Yeah, to be fair. He must have been desperate. And, and like, I... Re- it worked. And it, he won the game. He won that match. It was... It's fantastic. I love I don't it. Know. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to be convinced. I mean, it's okay. I respect it. I like to see it once in a while. I just will personally not do it. I used—I mean, personally, I did used to hate it myself. It took me a while to see the light, but the reason why I hated it myself I was because uh, my mate that I play with here—he's uh, got a really, really powerful serve, and then he also does underarm serves, um, so it's a bit annoying. I saw the light. I see the appeal. If I could do an underarm serve, I'm really bad at them. But if I could, I would. Um, they're actually hard when you're in the match. They're actually... I find them quite difficult. Because um, mm. you need to get the slice on it as well. Um, no, the... Um, I, yeah, but I'm, I don't have a problem with it. There was a bit of discussion on Twitter because there was no handshake at the end. But mm. I'm not willing to make judgment on that given the geopolitical situation there and i did two degrees in politics and international relations so uh yeah it's hard it's it's hard when you don't want to talk about politics <laughs> that's a first for me um no i mean it's i mean I, yeah that's not yeah anything else yeah. anything else from that tournament i no no I, <laughs> no it. That's it. I, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. That was the only match in that tournament I watched. I mean, the, I mean, two fifty events. I mean, my focus was on Acapulco and uh, Dubai just because they're bigger yeah. tournaments. And obviously, the big WTA tournament was last week and next week. Of course. Um, so, but there is still Monterey. Yes. Yes, that was WTA two fifty. Donna Vekic beating Caroline Garcia six four three six seven five. Surprise. 
That is Donna Vekic's fourth career title. Clearly just her partnership with Pam Shriver is working very well. Um, especially after getting to the Australian Open quarterfinal. Um, so it's nice, very, isn't it? Yeah, very happy for Vekic after all yeah. her knee issues. She had knee surgery a couple of years ago. There were there were even rumours she, she might retire because she couldn't, like, she kept having issues. Oh, that would be sad. But she's back. And yeah, the um, I mean, Caroline, Caroline Garcia this year, though, lost two finals. Um, yeah, she's won number if, five. Yeah, lost to Alicia Parks and now lost to Donna Beckett, but I think it's fine. Yeah, Donna Beckett is now uh, world number 23. Oh, nice. And this is her first win against a top 10 player this year. So, a great way to start a year for her. Yep. Very happy. A lot of deep points, several winners as well. Just a good match. No, nice. play really well. I think that's it for tennis that has happened. So now we're going to move on to tennis that will happen. Yes. Indian Wells is coming up, which is exciting. exciting. Who doesn't like a bit of Indian Wells? I mean, the latest news from a British perspective, Katie Swan has got through the first round of qualifiers earlier today. This is being recorded on the Monday. So by the time everyone listens to this the second round of qualifying will be happening so it's a bit outdated but she's beaten uh Neolia Jean Jean 6-2-6-1 so hopefully by the time I'm by the time you listen to that Katie Swan will be in the main draw tomorrow so in the past for most of the listeners there is an exhibition match that looks quite fun uh I think it's the Eisenhower Cup it's called loads of like tie break to 10 mixed doubles the mixed doubles team I'm interested in Cam Norrie and Emma Raducanu huh. yeah that'd be fun that's an odd match yeah no I, I, I'd, I'd slightly prefer it if it was like Andy Murray and Emma Raducanu no offence to Cam Norrie like I love I Cam like Norrie Cam Murray, yeah. no I love Cam Norrie he's a great guy he seems like a great guy but it's like sort of peak British tennis like nostalgia in me wants Andy Murray in there <laughs> Well, um, do you just want Anna everywhere? That's I basically. do. I mean, I, w- I, w- I would almost quite enjoy watching an exhibition match where it's like Tim Henman is on the team. Gosh. Uh, obviously, as well, we should probably note that Djokovic has pulled out. Well, yes. This is despite support from the USTA and the US Open saying he should play. I don't actually know what's happening there, because supposedly in April anyway, the, the restrictions have been lifted. I think um, they're, they're lifted on the, the 10th of April. He will need to be there before. Well, it means he'll just be able to play the uh, US Open at least. I mean, I, at this point, like, I disagree with his stance on vaccines. I recommend anyone that can should get the vaccines, especially now if you're doubtful because how how many people have the vaccines effectively been tested on? At this point, it's like... It's not going to make a huge amount of difference. If the restrictions being lifted anyway. I think. Just want to see him play tennis, to be honest. Always have to respect. Yeah. Chris laws. So mm. I mean, before like it. I mean, yeah, you're going there for like a tennis tournament, but you are going into another country, so you have to respect it. You can do whatever you want in your country, but if you if you're going somewhere else, you have to. I mean, you are. Before being a tennis player, you are a person. So there shouldn't be like any special treatment for athletes, I, I don't think. Yeah. So I think it's very fair. 
Yeah, it's it's fair, but also I think it's just sort of slightly bad, bad politics from the Democratic side of governance in the US, just because it means that the particularly dodgy people on the Republican side are able to politicise the issue and hold up Djokovic as their guy when he sort of isn't. Yeah, they're going um, to just find ways to do that anyway, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is a tennis podcast and not a politics podcast. As you're trying to make it. Yes. Don't worry, I'll try and make it a football podcast soon as well. No, you will not. Oh, Reese Nelson's winner. Come on. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that means everything to you. <laughs> I have no idea when you're talking um, I mean, so Alcaraz and Sitsipas are now the top seeds. Um, that's if they play. We yet to find that one out. Taylor Fritz is the defending champion. Is he going to have recovered, be alive again? Um, is the Netflix curse going to repeat itself? The Netflix curse, yeah. I mean, that's so supposedly Tommy Paul has uh, been followed by Netflix oh. at the Australian Open and at Acapulco. So. Uh, his, his time his time is coming to the end of winning tennis matches. <laughs> Other things tonight, maybe keep an eye on Sviantec. She's defending champion again, as she will be for everything in the run-up to Roland Garros. Exciting. She'll just have to hope that she doesn't come up against Barbora Krachikova at any point. And I've just got a little note. How will the Brits do? What? I just want to know what your thoughts are, how the Brits will do. You optimistic uh... for us? Who's in it again? Cam Norrie, Andy Murray, Emma Raducanu. There's a few in the qualies. So Katie Ball to Katie Swan. Jodie Burridge, I think, is in the qualies. Mm. can't remember if Heather Watson is. I'll predict quarters. Quarters to who? For Cam Norrie. Okay. I think that's as much as I'm, <laughs> as I'm willing to. That's as much as you're willing to go. Yeah. Do we, will we get an Andy Murray epic, though? Yes, of course. We we will get an Andy Murray epic every time he plays because he's just now he's just doing it for the love of the sport. For the and will Emma Raducanu get past round two? <sighs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going into any? It's quite hard because it'd be much easier if we knew what the main draw was. At the moment, we only see what's happening in qualifying. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just know it's going to be interesting probably it's good right, it always well. is likely yeah. Wells a lot. yeah it'd be very windy yeah but yeah uh obviously after this tournament as we mentioned last week rafael nadal is no longer going to be a top 10 player yeah. so sad times sad times 17 indeed. years yeah that's amazing oh do you know talking about tennis i saw that this is completely what i just said i just said talking about tennis yeah like we haven't been <laughs> for the last hour it's like this isn't what the whole podcast is no but <laughs> i was sort of like talking about tennis from like the early 2000s which i was supposed to say which i was, yeah. which was what i meant I, d- I just saw this quite entertaining thing it's a bit silly i'm scrolling to find it now because it came up earlier and I didn't save it because I was a silly chicken. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. So, tennis if the world stopped on outbreak day in The Last of Us. 
Obviously, that's a series that's on HBO at the moment. It's very yeah, good. I, watch I would recommend it. September 26, 2003 is Outbreak Day. So the last ever world number ones would be, on the WTA side, Kim Clijsters. On the men's side, Juan Carlos Ferrero, okay. the current coach of Carlos Alcaraz. The last major winners would be Andy Roddick and Justine Henin at the US Open that year. The final ATP rank for the big three, Roger Federer, number three, with one major title to his name, which was the 2003 Wimbledon title. Rafael Nadal would be at number 46 in the rankings. And Novak Djokovic would be 1,690. I like those stats. (laughs) You can get behind that. What? Roger Federer having only won one major title? being better than both of them. <laughs> yeah, but then then he wouldn't be the big three. The greatest ever male tennis player of all time would be... Well, the greatest ever tennis players of all time would be, on the men's side, Pete Sampras. On the women's side, it would be uh, Steffi Graf. I miss Roger being top three. Final WTA top five. Clijsters, Henin, Serena Williams with six major titles, Lindsay Davenport and Jennifer Capriati. Oh, how things have changed. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That is... (laughs) A lot has happened. But yeah, I thought I just needed to bring up The Last of Us as well because I could easily turn this into a Last of Us podcast. Um, (laughs) Yeah, shall we not? Because I haven't watched the last episode. Oh, you need to watch it. It is very good. I'm I'm loving it as well because I never played the game, so I have no idea what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I didn't even know it was a game. Until I mean, like... I knew that. I am, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am aware of popular culture, but then again, I am much How younger than you. Culture, though. <laughs> How is that? Is that a new game? No. I think it's no. just. A, it's just a geek thing. I don't know how much you can bandy around the term geek because every Monday night we sit with headphones on, talking about tennis. To ourselves, we are sporty people. <laughs> we are sporty people. We're geeks yes. for tennis. <laughs> yep. Um, other tennis news now. We seem to. Be, I ah, this is going to be a nightmare to edit today. Like tomorrow, we have we have gone off on a few tangents. So other tennis news: Nicholas Jarry wins Santiago, beating Thomas Echeverry six seven seven six six two. Because that was yeah. I didn't watch anything of Santiago. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I know Dominic you Team was there. Put your hands there, like. Didn't win. We're excited. I'm just trying to like excite myself yeah. over that tournament. So the Hopman Cup teams are announced. That runs from the 19th to the 23rd of July. So the French team is Elise Cornet and Richard Gasquet because uh, they are the hosts. I think they're the hosts of like the foreseeable future as well. It's being hosted in Nice. The Spanish team are Paola Bedosa and Carlos Alcaraz. So they're going to win. Switzerland team is Leandro Riedi and Belinda Bencic. Three other teams are yet to be announced. No idea what countries they're going to be. Who's going to be representing those countries? I don't know. We don't even Any know suggestions? I don't know. I don't know how you qualify. Surely the US could be there. Who would that be? I suppose Jessica Pagula. She's a good doubles player as well. Brits, probably. Yeah. Maybe Jessica Pagula and Francis Tiafoe. That'd be a fun pairing. 
Who's higher in the ranking, Tiafo or Fritz? Well, Fritz, but I just remember when the Hotman Cup was back out in Australia, there was uh, a team of Serena Williams and Francis Tiafo. Oh. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And they they played in a match against Federer Bencic. Um, oh, I love that pair. Any other teams? Maybe you could have Poland, Sviontek, Karkac. That'd be quite interesting. I don't know. I guess we'll know. Where, where, yeah. are, they, where are they announcing the rest? Brits, Radicanu, Nori again, if they're good. <laughs> we'll see how they do. Yeah, we should probably just sort of like not speculate. It's not going to get us anywhere. No. Um, we can speculate many, many combinations. Yeah. So that's it, I think. That's it. Yeah, let's stop. I my mind was just like just going through the motions. Of something it. else. <laughs> I was I'm just trying to think it. of more more combinations not... of players. Yeah, well, there's no need because we don't know, and we'll know probably next week, maybe. Hopefully, well, n- next week we should. We'll, we'll no, we know we won't, will we? Indian Wells won't be over by that point. No. Oh my God! What will we talk about? Well, we'll talk about what's happened in the earlier rounds. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. We'll talk about the incredible epics that Andy Murray has no, no doubt played. We will talk about... Um, Hopefully Emma advancing. Yep. More than second round. Hopefully. Yeah. I think that is all. Um, thank you for listening today. I I almost think that I need to thank you more than I normally would because this has been not the smoothest of episodes. I think we've gone off on yeah. a few tangents. There was a few we. technical difficulties. <laughs> um, we're still getting into the swing of things, so thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Nobody has yet. Um, <laughs> it's at Unseeded Pod. Please follow us. We use it. We tweet, and we get no likes. Um, so follow us there our email address is there as well um which (laughs) you could email us on but i mean i've checked it once um so i probably won't ever see the email obviously subscribe to us and rate us um preferably a high rating um only (laughs) high rating only a high rate. If not, no, be, don't. Yeah. If 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 there's nothing nice to say, don't say it. Yeah, exactly. That, that should Wise be the words. Um but thank you for listening. Hope to see you again next week when we will be talking about some of Indian Wells. Yeah. Um and yes. Um goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Hello to those that somehow made it to the end. Um, thank you very much. I've just finished this edit. I have also noticed the very annoying guitar noises that were happening throughout this entire podcast, along with the jumpy audio as well. Uh, we'll try and make sure that doesn't happen again next week. There was just a few connection issues, and there was also an annoying guitar next door. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for listening. I don't know why you've been doing this every week, some of you. Um, hopefully next week is better. Thank you very much and goodbye.